Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. I'm excited to have Martin Emmanuel Bittner, who's the CEO and co-founder of Arcturus, a biotech platform company powered by robotics and data science. Uh, they're based in Oxford, Boston, and Singapore, and they're transferred drug discovery based on a truly data-driven approach with the right data at the right time, empowering them to make the right decisions. Uh, Martin was a Roth Scholar at the University of Oxford. A big thank you to Patrick uh, from Inovia Fund for the introduction. Welcome to the show, Mark. Very nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. You're awesome. So, uh, uh, Martin, uh, you know, uh, uh, b- before we talk about Arcturus, you know, how did you get into this crazy world of startups and what was your journey all about? So I think my, my journey really kind of very much started with my previous degree, which was in medicine. So I did medical school in Germany, qualified as a doctor. I started my specialty training within oncology. But then I had this, this interest in research. And that was the reason why I decided to do a PhD. So I came to the UK, came to Oxford, did my PhD. And during the PhD, I was just very surprised to find how much time scientists spend with manual experimentation was that this rather naive assumption in my in my mind that researchers would primarily spend their time thinking hypothesizing reading and driving science forwards on an intellectual level but instead scientists have to spend so much time manually pipetting small amounts of liquids you know doing cell culture doing molecular biology experiments and that to me was very surprising because i always thought there would be higher value tasks that should take up more of that time. And at the very same time, these were also the years when there were more and more reports coming out about data quality or better lack of data quality in research with lack of reproducibility, lack of data structure, lack of data annotation. And that really was the starting point for my co-founder and myself to, to found Arcturus, as we said that we need to rethink the way we approach data generation within biomedical research so that data generation is something which gives scientists more time, liberates them from manual repetitive work, and gives them better tools to answer their research questions. Uh, interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted to understand, you know, what, what are the you know, some of the barriers to entry data, you know, preventing full-scale innovation and business growth in the healthcare sector? I think that's a very good question. And in the end, there's, there's a plethora of reasons why healthcare functions kind of the way it does and why also innovation is something which might sometimes happen a bit more slowly compared to other sectors. And I think the one very important reason is that within healthcare, we're dealing with patients' lives. So, right. of course, we want to be we want to be absolutely certain that whichever innovation we we have and we want to introduce, that we're absolutely certain that it's an improvement and doesn't put patients' lives at risk. So that is so safety concerns. That is, in my opinion, one of the key key considerations that any entrepreneur has to think about when moving into that into that space. And another very important aspect is that we're dealing with an environment where there's very large, very established players, such as large pharma companies, such as insurance companies, such as providers that, of course, function within their own laws and within their own 
their own basic timeframes, which are oftentimes a bit different compared to those of a startup. Interesting. And, uh, and you, you mentioned about established players. Uh, do you think there are a lot of regulations uh, which prevents uh, uh, full-scale innovation? Or do you think those sort of uh, healthcare regulations across geographies is, is important? Well, I think regulation is absolutely essential because it is kind of the reason why we have regulation is to safeguard to safeguard health and to make sure that we only bring these innovations to market that have shown to be safe and efficacious. Because in the end, uh, we all remember kind of thalidomide and the consequences of bringing a drug to market which has not been tested as thoroughly as it should, and then caused serious serious kind of side effects for thousands and thousands of newborns. So I think that is the reason why regulation is so very important because we have to prevent it from happening ever again. Correct. And, uh, you know, as a healthcare professional, you know, what is your suggestion for an individual uh, who has a high power demanding job in order to lead a healthy lifestyle? Hmm. That is a very good question. So I think in the end, any job, any job kind of when done, when done properly will be demanding. Right. Because whichever role, whichever role you have, whichever job you have, if you want to do a good job, there's always going to be things you can do, th- new things you can learn, people you can help on their way. So I believe it's very important to balance to balance one's job with other things that can be time spent with family or with friends. It can be sports, it can be meditation. But I think it's very important to have that balance and to follow kind of the very general rules for a healthy lifestyle, which is um, having a balanced diet, thinking about physical activity and making sure one catches enough sleep. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree on the, on the sleep part because I think focusing on the sleep has really improved my uh, my lifestyle. And, and I do suggest on apps and, you know, fitness trackers for, for people to, you know, lead a healthy lifestyle. To be fair, kind of, I'm not an expert in those. Um, so my, my view is that after a good night's sleep, you know whether you had a good night's sleep. So right. it doesn't necessarily kind of need an app to tell me that. Yeah, no, absolutely interesting. And, um, uh, you know, when it comes to comes to uh, uh, building the company, you know, how, how did Arcturus acquire the first customers? So maybe in terms of brief background regarding the type of company we've built. So Arcturus is a drug discovery company and we pursue our internal pipeline of drug discovery projects. So you could say that in some ways, our clients basically are patients. I mean, of course, we're not yet clinical stage. So that is kind of why most of our research right now focuses on novel targets, novel hits, novel leads, etc. So novel molecules that can become drugs. However, what we found what really helped us in our journey was to collaborate with biotech companies and with pharma companies across the world and showing them how the platform that we've built can really help with progressing programs with better data and with higher confidence. How, how does Arcturus look at, you know, uh, look, look to expand uh, to precision uh, medicine research? I mean, Indian precision medicine is a rather broad term, which has as, a, as its basic thought, as a basic concept, has the idea or the notion that instead of having a one-size-fits-all approach, 
we should aim to have more targeted, more directed therapeutic approaches for well-defined patient groups, where ideally, instead of giving one drug to a million patients, we have far more well-defined patient groups which receive therapies that have been designed, for example, for specific mutations or for specific kind of microenvironments, and where these drugs are given in a way that they're connected with individual patients, biomarkers, response, etc. So that's the basic idea behind precision medicine. And what we very firmly believe is that in order to make precision medicine a reality, we have to have better drug discovery tools. Because right now, it costs two, three billion dollars to bring a new drug to market, and it takes 12 to 15 years. However, if with the very same, in the very same time, we could develop 10 times the number of drugs, that would really kind of allow us to make real progress towards making precision medicine a reality. Whereas right now, with the current system, that would simply not be sustainable. So in other words, we see our company as one of several <clears throat> that try to improve various parts of the drug discovery journey, be it about finding better targets, developing better molecules, running more efficient clinical trials. So there's different players that attack these different parts of the journey. And our shared goal is to make sure that we can have more drugs and we can have better drugs that help patients more specifically. Today, I have an interesting stat for you to denote that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. Yeah, interesting. And, you know, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, drug, uh, companies, especially uh, during the times of COVID, there were a lot of companies who were trying to uh, build uh, a build a, a, a drug to combat COVID, and, and there were a lot of uh, controversy, especially around Indian pharmaceutical companies who were trying to build uh, you know such such a, such sort of drugs and in a shorter time time frame. Uh, so, do you think uh, COVID had been an inflection point where uh, it, you know it has? help pharmaceutical companies to come up with faster solutions? I mean, I think we have to differentiate kind of very clearly that one is vaccine development and the other angle is therapeutics development. The two operate very differently and use very different tools and have very different goals. And it's indeed been remarkable how quickly pharma companies and biotech companies around the world have succeeded in bringing new vaccines, oftentimes entirely new vaccines to the market. When it comes to drugs against COVID, we're talking about repurposing. We are not normally talking about drugs being developed from scratch, because that is something which simply takes far more time to test drugs, develop them, have them go through all the various stages of laboratory studies, animal studies, and then into humans. So that is something which is simply not possible within a year or two, which is why we then talk about drugs that have been developed for a different purpose. And pharma companies have then found that these drugs can also help against COVID. And that's something which I think is, is equally important, but it's something which is very different from de novo drug design. 
interesting. You know, I, I didn't have much much of an uh, idea about it. Uh, and, and you know, how, how can Octopus make sure that you know it's a it's a lev- it's on a level playing field when it comes to research uh, in regards to you know uh, what they're trying to build, uh, what the other competitors are trying to build. I mean, in the end, the nice thing about drug discovery is that we all work towards the same goal, which is bringing new drugs to patients. So in some ways, it's a market where competition operates on a very different level compared to most other industries. What we think is very important is that we that we look very closely at which tools can we use to make drug discovery as successful as possible. Because right now, drug discovery has a failure rate of about 95%. 95% of programs never make it to market. And that is something which, of course, causes very high costs, causes delays, and means that patients have to wait for new drugs for far too long. And our approach is to increase the chance of success and to accelerate the development of new therapeutics by leveraging technology, in our case, robotics and data science. Got it. And- uh, you know, can can you talk about some of the partnerships you know Arcturus has done uh, lately? Of course. So, so one probably of our most most um, remarkable partnerships over the past year, I think, has been us working together with IBM. Because what very few people know is that IBM has a very active development branch and research branch that goes into automation and chemistry. And we've, over the past year, we've built a collaboration with IBM and with IBM Research that thinks about how can we connect our platform for automated biology, automated biochemistry, with their platform for automated automated chemistry and synthesis in a way that we can close the so-called DMTA cycle. DMTA stands for Design, Make, Test, Analyze, and is the basic cycle, the backbone of any drug discovery project. And so that is something which we're very excited about because of course, IBM is a massive corporation and their research has been exceptional. And so we're kind of very, very glad to be working with them. And they are kind of equally kind of very glad to be working with us on something which we genuinely feel is an important step towards making drug discovery more robust and faster and kind of giving it higher chance of success. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super, super interesting. And Octorius has uh, uh, has expanded into US and, and Asia Pacific. What is the decision making criteria on what makes an attractive region to expand into? The company right now is headquartered in Oxford in the UK. This is where our facility is based. This is where our robotics are based, and this is where the majority of our scientific engineering staff are based. However, for us, it's very clear that as a company. There are three regions that really matter to us in terms of business development, in terms of future kind of growth opportunities for staff and for technology. And those are North America, Europe, and Asia Pacific. So in addition to our headquarters in the UK, we've already set up a small team in Singapore that works with partners across China, Korea, Korea, Australia, etc. And at the very same time, we're currently putting together and bringing together a team in Boston that does the very same thing for North America. So for us, it's very much about seeing where does a lot of healthcare innovation happen, where are plenty of biotech and pharma companies domiciled, and what are the regions 
where new drugs can be brought to markets and can find and can find a market that is worth pursuing. And you know, when it comes to uh, expanding into new regions, what, what which elements are, are the most challenging? Is it uh, is it capital allocation or resource allocation? When India opening a new facility and opening a new office and bringing on board new team members across the globe is always a question of time, money, resources being required. But what we find far more important is to make sure that we have that we maintain the integrity of our team and our culture across these different geographies. Because of course, when everybody is based in the same place, that's kind of quite easy. Once you have multiple locations across different time zones, it becomes more difficult. But at the same time, we believe that our team's culture, a culture of excellence, a culture of mutual support, and a culture of, of um, inquisitiveness, and curiosity is something which is extremely important for us to maintain. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Interesting. And you know, what are your thoughts on the on the future of the uh, drug industry, uh, drug discovery industry? In general, drug discovery is a space which is evolving right now. is evolving very rapidly because for the longest time we had traditional biotech companies, traditional pharma companies, and academic centers making up the bulk of drug discovery work. And that is changing right now. We've seen that big tech companies from IBM to Google to Tencent have started moving into the drug discovery space, have started making forays into biomedical research. And at the same time, there's an entirely new breed of companies emerging, technology-driven biotech companies, technology-driven driven players that use technology for example, artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, and or robotics, in order to transform a process which, as of now, has had very low success rates and very high costs. So to give some examples, there are AI-driven drug discovery companies that generate new targets or that generate new molecules based on AI tools. Then there's companies that leverage automation as a source for better data to then apply data science approaches, such as recursion, such as in situ and such as ourselves. And then there's other companies that leverage technology for virtual and or decentralized clinical trials. So in other words, this is an industry where new players are emerging and where companies increasingly realize that technology can be an extremely important enabler for accelerated discovery and thereby bringing new drugs to patients faster. Interesting. And, you know, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Oh, sorry, I couldn't catch that. Uh, do you have any favorite uh, business book or a, or, a, or a fiction book that you uh, enjoy reading? I mean, I've always been very interested in 
in exploration and the history of exploration. So there's kind of a very good book that describes the travels and the journeys of Alexander von Humboldt, who was a German explorer in the late 18th, early 19th century. And he's kind of one of the one of the forefathers of modern day ecology and of creating an understanding of how nature and natural systems are interconnected on a global scale. So that is something which I found kind of a very interesting book because it's from a very different time, from a very different, very different sector. But what it has in common with, with the world I live in is that it's very much about moving into the unknown and of charting a course in what is an extremely exciting world. Interesting. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. And uh, Martin, if you could go back in time when you started Octoris, what is the one thing you would have focused or done anything different? I mean, in the end, kind of the journey of an entrepreneur is always a journey of creating something new. And thereby you will automatically learn things on the way of things you would have done slightly differently, of decisions you would have made kind of slightly differently. But I think for us, kind of the, the great realization is that what we've built over the past few years with Actoris is really kind of a one-of-a-kind company that brings together robotics, data science, an experienced team of biotech and pharma researchers, all of which are, are united in their desire and in their wish to, to do drug discovery on a very different scale. I think one lesson that is important for any entrepreneur is to always think very carefully, what is the critical path? And what are the things you definitely want to prove and you need to prove to move from one stage to the next? So that's something I would always kind of give as advice to, to younger entre entrepreneurs and those starting their journey is to think very, very carefully, what are the key enablers for you to prove that you're really onto something? Interesting. And uh, do you have any favorite online tools, example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom? I mean, in the end, kind of, there's so many productivity tools kind of out there. So I think everybody then kind of finds finds kind of their own kind of at some point that suits their their needs and their and their preferences. And uh, Martin, what's the best way people can reach out to you and know more about Actors? Hmm. I mean, of course, kind of our website is a very good starting point, and also we maintain a very active presence on LinkedIn. So please, kind of, do reach out to myself and do reach out to the company via LinkedIn. Sure, we'll put that in the show notes. Martin, thank you so much for taking our time and speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation. So did I. Thank you very much, Roy. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com. <laughs>